This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, and this is The Full Story. The Australian Electoral Commission has voiced alarm at what they say is potentially dangerous scaremongering about election fraud spreading online before the federal election. While they haven't specified which posts triggered these concerns, Guardian Australia has revealed that candidates from minor parties, such as One Nation and the United Australia Party, have posted claims on Facebook about the potential for ballots to be erased, amended or hidden. Today, we're looking at what's behind these posts and what power the Australian Electoral Commission has to tackle scaremongering and potential misinformation during elections. It's Wednesday, the 20th of April. Josh, you've been looking at scaremongering and potential misinformation in this election. What have you seen? So on Facebook, we're seeing uh, claims from a number of these smaller sort of uh, micro parties or minor parties, the likes of One Nation, uh, the United Australia Party, uh, a bit of the Great Australian Party as well. Josh Butler is a political reporter at Guardian Australia. These groups are starting to seed some ideas or, or some themes about claiming that the election might be rigged, the you know potential they're talking about for you know, election fraud or suggesting that ballots could be uh, erased or, or amended, uh, basically kind of telling people they should take more precautions when they vote or you know with this theme of election fraud or election rigging. Hmm. Tell me about some of these posts. Yeah, so one of the earlier posts that I came across in this sort of uh, realm of things um, was one group called uh, Reignite Democracy. So this is a uh, political action group. They collaborate a lot with uh, the United Australia Party. They wrote on their website in February, um, I'm quoting, they were, they were telling people to take a video or a photo of their completed ballot. Uh, and they were citing claims, quoting, uh, you know, what they called voter rigging or, or misconduct. We also had the likes of the One Nation candidate in the seat of Blair in Queensland. Her name's Liz Saduk. She wrote on her uh, campaign candidate Facebook page uh, on April 6. She was telling people to, to use a pen when they vote, claiming that uh, it will ensure that your vote is valid and cannot be changed. I think it's important to say that people always um, have had the option to bring a pen if they wanted to rather than the, the pencils that are provided. She was also telling her followers that they should sign statutory declarations, the legal documents, because, uh, quote, you know, should counting go amiss. And then there was also uh, a candidate for the, the United Australia Party um, in the seat of Patterson in New South Wales around the Hunter region. Um, his name was uh, Jason Olborn. He wrote on his Facebook page on April 9 we sign a stat deck and give it to the polling booth operators so we can contest the election results if we deem them to be untrustworthy. I, I, I did find those stat deck recommendations kind of interesting because the AEC later told me that there would be no people at the ballot boxes, no staff who would uh, be actually able to legally take those sort of uh, statutory declarations. Um, so, so I'm not sure how successful that uh, those suggestions would be for people. So you started to see different candidates and parties post similar things all within a matter of days of each other, all in this space of a couple of days in April. Is that fair to say, Josh? 
Well, yeah, I mean, um, something that I noticed on a couple of these candidates, and it, it was a small number, maybe like half a dozen or so, but the, these candidates that were raising related issues did seem like the, it, it was all very similar. It was bring your own pen, um, sign a stat deck. Um, all these things were, you know, almost identical. Is there validity to these claims that are made in these social media posts? Uh, well, no. I mean, according to the Electoral Commission, um, I spoke to um, the AEC about this and their spokesperson said that the inference that counting is pre- is subject to manipulation, they said, you know, quote, this is simply not the case. The AEC has been working really hard in the lead up to this election to deal with misinformation, to deal with uh, voter confidence and that sort of thing. Um, and, and they've said it essentially, you know, Australians should feel confident that their ballot paper will be counted according to the preferences that they mark. Uh, they also pointed out that there is a, a number of ways that ballot paper security is in- insured. They, they talked about, uh, you know, Know, security guards at the ballot box, um, you know, the, the, the boxes they actually keep the votes in are, are transparent, they're locked with uh, barcoded cable ties, mm. they're never left alone with any one person, uh, they do police checks on the supervisors, there's, there's a whole range of, uh, I guess, sort of accountability and security uh, measures that they use and they're trying to really amplify the, the, the measures that they take and give people a lot more confidence. What did the candidates and the parties have to say about what's behind these posts, why they posted them? I reached out to, to all the ones that I mentioned in my story, out to One Nation and the UAP and um, uh, Jason Alborn, who was the UAP's candidate in Patterson, he said that he was listening to the voters. Um, he mm. claimed people had been left out of the political process and um, you know, essentially he was trying to give some some voice to them. I asked him if he thought the election would experience voter fraud and he replied that people's concerns are legitimate and all voices should be heard. Um, One Nation uh, didn't get back to my, my request for comment. Uh, the One Nation Victorian branch, which had uh, shared some stuff uh, in this realm and their candidate in Blair as well um, didn't... Uh, didn't get back to me, neither did the One Nation head office. So still still would love to hear from them, but they, got, they didn't uh, respond when I reached out to them. So according to the Australian Electoral Commission, this isn't a legitimate concern. We have heard similar claims of voter fraud before, though, in the United States. Is there a link there, Josh? Well, this is what the AEC seems to think and a few, uh, I guess, social media analysts that I've spoken to as well have have said similar things. I mean, obviously we heard a lot of this stuff coming from the US after the um, 2020 presidential election. This is a major fraud in our nation. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. Shared a lot by uh, you know, Donald Trump supporters claiming that the election was rigged. That Stop the steal! Stop the steal! ballots were thrown away or that they were changed or you know, this whole gamut of um, uh, kind of baseless conspiracy theories, more or less. Mm. So the AEC has basically said that a lot of this stuff is uh, being imported from the US, it's coming from the US, and uh, it does seem to have uh, an American uh, election sort of flavour to it. People might remember a few months ago, one of the um, conspiracy theories that was going around were some claims that Australia had bought a bunch of these uh, voting machines, um, 
claims that Australia had bought a bunch of these, that the computer software was rigged or, you know, those sort of things. That these, This was definitely one that had come from the US. It was really uh, definitely linked up really tightly with some of the, the Donald Trump 2020 uh, presidential election stuff. Um, so this wasn't shared by the candidates we mentioned uh, above, but it was shared in uh, a tweet from the Great Australia Party leader, uh, Rod Cullerton. Um, and the AEC had to put out basically all these statements saying that, you know, number one, Australia doesn't use uh, voting machines at all. Right. So how worried should we be that all these narratives are being imported from the US and used during this election? Uh, you know, so one of the one of the uh, analysts that I spoke to, Elise Thomas, who's with uh, a group called the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, um, she said that she'd seen this rhetoric growing for a number of months in Australia. It's, essentially, she was sort of saying like, well, there are these big range of conspiracy theories about voting, but no one, there's not like one solidified central theme yet. She said, you know, basically people haven't solidified around any, any one particular narrative that they, you know, how they think the election will be stolen, you know, in quotes, which which does make it harder to debunk is what mm. is what she said, because there's no one specific allegation that you can fact check or, or deal with or, you know, point out it's wrong or whatever. It, it's this sort of, you know, formless accusations is the way that she put it, which makes it easier for people to make it sound like there's something scary or nefarious going on. Mm. What has the Electoral Commission done about this type of scaremongering during this election? The Electoral Commission, I guess, is sort of is a bit tied in in what it can do. I mean, we don't really have truth in political advertising laws here in Australia. The AEC can't fact check uh, uh, election ads or stuff on Facebook. I mean, the AEC can apply to to Facebook or to you know, other social media companies and and ask that action be taken. Um, so my colleague uh, Sarah Martin, who I worked on this story with, um, the, the AEC and, and Facebook told her that um, they had taken action on a, a number of posts in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's been at least five posts removed, um, not not linked with my story specifically, but more more broadly. Um, mm. Five five posts removed, two pages that were taken down uh, in entirely, but um, other ones um, obviously have, have been left up. Facebook has decided they didn't breach their policies. You know, for instance, Facebook said that, you know, the, the, the posts about using pens or, you know, signing a stat deck didn't uh, violate their community policies, their community standards, but that the company was on the lookout for um, election misinformation. They are encouraging people to report things that they see um, which may violate policies, so you, which you can do as, you know, part of the Facebook sort of internal reporting mechanisms. Um, but Facebook also said, which I, which I did find quite interesting, was um, that for content which doesn't breach Facebook's internal rules but does breach uh, the Australian electoral laws, um, that they would review requests from the AEC and take what they called uh, appropriate action. So the Electoral Commission has gone to Facebook about a series of posts this election, but at least in one instance, Facebook declined to take it down. Is that a worry, that Facebook gets the ultimate say on misinformation on their platform during an Australian election? Um, I mean, Facebook has its internal policies and it also operates within the laws of the country that it, it is operating in or that the, the content was posted in and that sort of thing. Possibly, I think there is a hole here. And I think this is one of these things where um, maybe standards or electoral laws or what have you maybe haven't quite kept up with um, the pace of what happens on social media or um, the way people communicate and that sort of thing. But I mean, it's not just 
the clash in standards between the AEC and, and, and Facebook. I mean, in general, the AEC does have these highly prescriptive laws that it's bound by and um, it does have a lot of limitations in, in what it can do or um, what action it can take on misinformation. Next, the rise of misinformation in elections and Australia's broken electoral laws. So, Josh, the Australian Electoral Commission is our electoral watchdog. What powers do they have to crack down on misinformation? The AEC does have, you know, rules and powers around the authorization that you have to put on political ads or political content, which is like the at the end of an ad, you know, authorized by the Labor Party or authorized by the Liberal Party or whoever it is. The very quick disclaimer at the end of political ad. <laughs> yeah, the little one right at the right at the very end. Yeah. So basically that means that anyone who wants to communicate regarding an election or a referendum or anything like that um, has to authorize the content properly, which means that the idea is that people are told who the ad comes from and, and what it's doing, that sort of thing. Right. But I imagine this power has kind of limited use in terms of tackling misinformation. What else? So when it comes to misinformation and, and disinformation, the AEC says it can only act on conduct which uh, affects the process of casting a vote. So that would be things like telling someone how to go about filling in a ballot paper, which would be uh, lead to an informal vote. But the, the High Court's also ruled that the AEC has no remit to stop content that misleads a voter on who to vote for about their choice. Um, so they can do stuff about telling people the wrong information on how to fill a ballot paper in. They can't tell people, they can't do anything about um, misinformation that um, might change someone's vote. Right. So when it comes to misinformation, they can step in when someone is being misleading about how to vote and the voting process, but very little else, it sounds like. Look, I, you know, if you go to the AEC website, it, it does say that it has no role in regulating political content of, of you know, electoral communications. Um, it's up to voters essentially to consider if information is reliable or, or current or safe, which is, I guess, you know, you talk about a gap or a hole in the, in the laws. I mean, you know, the, the parties do exploit this. I mean, we do see it at election time, the major parties do run, you know, what we call scare campaigns. Uh, a lot of the time they can be based on very little. I mean, mm. um, at the last election we saw um, the talk about, you know, the, the Labor Party is going to bring in a death tax. So I am going to challenge you on the death tax. Do you accept that Labor never had that policy and it was wrong to suggest that they did? Uh, Labor uh, didn't have that policy, but there are certainly people within Labor Party who want that policy or have made statements in favour of that policy in the past. This was a, a, a claim um, that spread around through the coalition and, and their supporters that if Labor had won the 2019 election under Bill Shorten, that Labor would have brought in, uh, I, think, I think it was a 40% uh, tax on people's inheritances if they inherited something from a, a relative or a, or a dead parent or, or whatever it was. Um, Labor had no such policy. Um, it was ruled out. I can't remember how many times. It is a lie, it is a lie, it is a lie. And I think the Liberal Party need to be ashamed of themselves using low rent, American style, fake news. This is where the, the, the gap sort of comes in, in that the parties can almost lie and get away with it. 
How big a problem has this become, the spreading of misinformation and disinformation, especially around election time and especially online? It is really hard to say, and it is too early to say for this election, um, but there are some worrying signs, um, I think, already in, in this election. Mm. We, we do know that it is very widespread. I think at the last election we only really saw and really appreciated the impact and how widespread the the death tax um, misinformation was after the election had happened and after we had time to go back through all the Facebook stuff. So my colleague Catherine Murphy, like she wrote at the time in 2019 that that election was what she called Australia's first post-truth campaign. Um, she was concerned about the, the weaponizing of misinformation, uh, the lack of oversight, lack of any meaningful intervention to stop it. Um, and she thought it was a, a pretty significant weakness in, in Australia's um, electoral system. What did she mean by lack of intervention? What was actually done to crack down on this in the last election? Well, again, another one of my colleagues, Chris Norse, uh, reported that the electoral watchdog was inundated with 500 complaints about election advertising during the 2019 campaign, um, particularly on social media, um, where some of these fringe or sometimes anonymous groups had um, paid to push this political messaging out to users, but the AEC only um, substantiated around 87 of those 500-ish complaints, and they didn't take much action in any of those cases. It also um, didn't take action on uh, several complaints where voters thought they were misled or, or deceived um, in an attempt to influence their vote. Why didn't they take action? The AEC said it was able to more effectively and quickly resolve the breaches by issuing direct warnings to people, but the AEC usually was actually unable to act um, because these cases didn't breach electoral law technically, no matter how egregious they might have appeared. Josh, I think a lot of people would assume that you can't just make things up about other parties during an election. Why doesn't this power exist to crack down on, on this misinformation, especially for a body that is supposed to be the election watchdog? Well, there has been talk about reform for a long time, um, but it does routinely get described as uh, unworkable. People bring up uh, concerns about potential restriction on, on free speech. There have been previous attempts to regulate this kind of political advertising, but they have you know, failed along the way. Um, in the 80s, for instance, um, Parliament uh, attempted to introduce such laws and they were quickly repealed. But I think what happened in 2019 with the issue around the death tax, it really did jumpstart a push for laws around truth in political advertising. And, you know, there has been this push for these political advertising, you know, truth laws as well. Some of the independent candidates in Parliament are talking about that. A number of integrity experts have said these patently false and, and scandalous claims spread during the election mean that reform in this area is, you know, a bit of a no-brainer, but very little happened um, since then in the last three years. There is a new uh, voluntary code um, on social media misinformation um, that the social media platforms uh, signed up to, but Australia's media regulator said it's too weak to prevent any chronic harms like uh, erosion to our democracy and um, said that changes to toughen it up are probably a, a long way off. Right. So, if we just plot along and don't introduce any more regulation to this system, what do we risk? What types of harms can this do to 
elections and to broader society? Well, I guess there's there's a few different facets to that. I mean, number one, I think people should be able to make an informed choice when they cast their vote and, you know, be voting for the right thing and know that if they base their vote on a certain issue because they've been told that, you know, a certain issue is, is, is occurring in a certain way that, you know, they shouldn't be lied to. I think more broadly as well, I mean, outside of like party politics, I mean, I think it is really important that people have faith and and trust and and uh, I guess confidence in the electoral system for the you know good of democracy and the good of society. Um, I think it's really important that no matter which way you vote or which party you support, that you know people have faith in the process and they know that if they go to vote, that you know all these principles that we think about, you know, one one person, one vote, and I think it is important that people have that faith and in in the system that it's not unnecessarily or um, wrongly undermined for someone else's political gain. That was Josh Butler, a political reporter at Guardian Australia. We've linked to his reporting on this and the reporting from the broader Guardian Australian politics team about truth in political advertising on the Full Story page. This episode was produced by Ellen Leebeater and Alison Chan. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. OK, catch you tomorrow.